Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 185 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Visco, and you see the handsome gentleman next to me, my co-host, Coward Kravitz, one of a few we're going to have on tonight. So thank you all for joining us. Real quick, let's let's talk tonight about we're going to bang out as many of the Breeders' Cup winning you're in and prep races as we can. We have a pretty tight schedule, and we'll tell you why in a little bit. But we're gonna, we have a lot of races to cover, so we're going to try and get through as many as possible. Hopefully, we can get through the whole list. Um, before we do that, though, we'll hit some quick administrative items. If you're watching on YouTube, oh, there's a different banner up. If you if you're uh, if you're a <laughs> funny Howard, if you are a audio listener, whether you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, or whatever other one you like to listen to, please like, subscribe, and rate. We love that. That helps us know and lets all the platforms know that this is a podcast that you really enjoy listening to. Also, on the bottom, you see there's some details. Horse at gmail.com is our email. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. I think it's in the bottom right. The more subscribers we get, the better we do. Also, bang that like button, thumbs up, because that tells YouTube that we are a fantastic podcast that you love, you know, and then we'll start raking in the cash. And then also hit that notification bell, like especially with Breeders' Cup coming up and even this week. We have our normal Tuesday, Thursday schedule, but we're also going to have other ad hoc podcasts as well. So we want to make sure that you know when they're coming up, especially if they're taped, if they're live, we like to have as much participation as possible. Finally, we're going to go to our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Nice and simple. There's great information about us, the podcast, examples of our pick sheet, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and just plenty of information about the website as a whole. Now our power picks. I'm actually going to let Howard talk real quick about this because there's a little bit of a change to the subscription. Howard, do you mind just informing everyone about that? Yeah, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Uh, If you're on our email list, you already know this, but I did make a minor change with the way that our payment plan works, which I think will be beneficial for everyone. So Patreon, who's our third party um, payment center, which um, I'm still going to be using, uh, had a... um, a new feature where I can actually charge people the day they subscribe. So now there's absolutely zero reason, Pete, zero reason for people to wait to the beginning of a month to get a full month's worth. If you subscribe October 10th, then you will get a full month subscription, full month subscription until November 10th. Um, <laughs> actually, you'll continually, it will auto, it will auto charge you. You don't have to re-sign up, but you also uh, don't have to worry about waiting to the end of the month. So it will still auto charge you, but it will do it 30 days after you subscribe. So if you only want for a certain month uh, or a certain time period, I should say, uh, you can do that. And also, as uh, yourself and uh, Paul and Kyle knows, I just would like to say we're going to have a huge blowout editions for the Breeders' Cup. We're going to have two huge editions, one Friday, one for Saturday's races. All of us will be involved. We'll be giving detailed analysis on every single race with detailed ABC grids and spot plays. It is an, uh, it's, it's an absolute must if you're playing the Breeders' Cup. So you don't have to wait to subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe now to the uh, Power Picks. And we each have had our successes recently with Pick 4s, Pick 5s, etc. So I highly recommend the Power Picks. Look below the video player, or you can see on the screen there, patreon.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast for more info. And on, and on the website as well. If you go on there, if you want to take a look at it first, then there's links to Patreon. So it'll, it'll divert you right there if you need to. Yes. One other thing we want to talk about, we have a really busy week coming up. So we have multiple shows. So uh, we have tonight, <laughs> we have our podcast right now, tonight at nine o'clock Eastern. Howard, you want to give a quick one about tonight's podcast? Another yes. live one. Yeah, real quick, we got Penn State Scott yep. is here. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Fly Eagles Fly, they are they are looking very solid. <laughs> Hello, Charles B. And then Matt, let's see, whether on the show or another, grab a mobile camera and take us on a little tour. Oh, wow. We want to see things up closer. Matt we wants can do to that, Matt. A tour of the, as I wouldn't exactly call it a man cave, Matt. It would be more like a, a, a man room or a man little, you know, cubby hole, so to speak. But uh, we no, there's a time. well, there's a there's a theater room back there, and the real the real interesting stuff is my son's collectible room, which is now next to me, oh. which is oh, 
that'd be some that'd be some pure entertainment if people like if people like collectibles or like anything movie and tv and cartoon related people will love that we'll do that one day matt for sure on a slow when we slow down after the breeders cup we'll bang one of those out would there possibly be some Spider-Man gear there in is, uh, Jackson's room? There is plenty <laughs> of Spider-Man gear, and his room is Spider-Man as well, so we have That's plenty awesome. going on. Yes. All right, anyway, so go ahead. Th- this week, guys, we got a lot going on very quickly. tonight. First of all, when we're done with this show at about 8.45 Eastern, don't go anywhere. We have a show at 9. We, we're not connecting it to this show for various reasons, but we have a show at 9 p.m. tonight with Jim Goodman from Keeneland who's director of uh, wagering operations. This is a show you do not want to miss folks. If you are planning on betting Keelan again, right here tonight, 9 PM Eastern Thursday, we've got a big Keelan show for the big races on Saturday, uh, five grade stakes, three grade ones with derbyologist Craig Johnson, who's been on the show. It's been a while, but we're excited to have him back on the show. And then Saturday, Pete, our real popular live shows. We're going to be live. Time TBA, we got to see when the entries come out, somewhere around 4.30 to 6 Eastern Standard Time, covering the three grade ones at Keeneland live right here. So, Pete, we got a huge show. We cover Keeneland like a glove, sir. Yes, it's a big week, and we're going to be pretty busy. So let's jump in. We're going to bring in the rest of our co-hosts and contributors today. First, I'm going to bring in Paul, serial horizontal player Halloran, and <laughs> Kyle, lost by the nose there. Roscoe. I hate everything. <laughs> you know, I always got to come up with a new one for you every week. I know. Well, that's that. What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Nothing, nothing good. Now, now that you brought that up, it hurts a little bit. But oh, I'm sorry. Right. I apologize. But, you know, that's what this show is for, yeah. to, to release the demons. That and the beer releases all mm-hmm. the demons. How's it going, Paul? Everything's great. I'm looking forward to Keeneland. It's, uh, it's a great meet. It's uh, tough sledding. But uh, it's competitive fields. We'll talk to Jim later on about that turf pick three, which I think yeah. is a great innovation. I love that. Yeah, and, I love that. Uh, yeah, it's and the, you know obviously leading right into the Breeders' Cup, where we're one month out as of tomorrow. Yes, that's very as exciting. of today, actually. As, as of, of today, today, I think. Well, real quick before we get into the races, maybe like just a, a you know a minute or two, Howard and Kyle, you guys were in the big Hawthorne tournament. I know it didn't go as planned, but I just wanted to hear a quick from each of you, Howard. You can start about maybe just how it was, just to, you know, even if it wasn't maybe the best finish that you asked for, just how the experience was and how it was having Kyle there as well. Well, I mean, that was the highlight of the day having my buddy Kyle Obviously. next to me. Of course, I mean it. I'll tell you what, I'll speak for myself. Um, it was a bit surreal. I mean, you're seeing Hall of Fame, you know, guys in the NHC. We're, we're sitting with someone who won, um, with, you know, who won the whole damn thing, um, who's in the uh, NHC Hall of Fame. There's just great names and great handicappers all over the place. Some people, I'm just looking at my phone to get some names of people that were there, Pete. But it was quite surreal, to be honest. It was a real honor to be there. Um, I wish I had done better. The the races were sort of difficult. A lot of people actually in the room didn't do well at all. Kyle (laughs) could talk about that um, just because of the results and everything. But I didn't really mind that, to be honest. Just to be there and to be invited was fantastic. And um, just to talk with, you know, I had Marshall Graham at our our table, Chris Larmy, who won the the contest. Just to talk with these people, guys. You gained so much knowledge. It was it was tremendous. That's awesome, Kyle. What about you? Real real quick, Kyle. Before actually, before you start, I am just going to bring this up. Oh. Maybe you could explain what Ooh. this is for the for the viewers. Oh man! Um, <laughs> wow. Well, first off, I want to say one thank you to Hawthorne for inviting me and Howard out. It was a great time. I just if you think it was surreal for Howard, just think how it was for me. I mean, sure. being my first big tournament to be in, to sit across from one, the guy who won the whole thing and one of the best contest players in the entire country and Marshall Graham, who I believe won the NHC in 2020, I believe. But anyway, just get bouncing ideas off of those two minds was just absolutely surreal. And it was such a great time sitting with all those people. And it would have been a great time. Uh, it would have been an even better time. I would have had a lot of, a little more money going into that last race, but me and this guy, we were hand, we were arm over arm, really just getting C, trying to get CZ <laughs> Rocket home, and literally, I less than a pixel, I swear to God. 
Uh, yeah, in case but, anybody who's 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 watching doesn't know, on the rail is CZ Rocket. The one outside is how be it. I think right the yeah, three. Yeah, and um, if you, it's barely able to see on the screen, but there's a, just a touch of a gap there. And I know Kyle had a nice big bet on CZ Rocket to win, so I had to torture him a little bit just for <laughs> just for fun. But you know that's what we do on here. So I'm glad you had a great time though, Kyle. Other than yeah. that, I mean, it, does it mean you now want to? Does it sort of motivate you to get into these bigger tournaments even more? Oh, hundred percent. And like, I mean, just being in the, being in the room with those guys just motivates you no matter what. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I knew it was coming. So, uh, <laughs> but just realistically the, the wallet might hurt a little bit right now, but we'll build it back up and we'll get back in. That's it. all right. There's plenty of time for that for sure. All right. Since we have a lot of races to cover, let's jump right in. We're going to start at aqueduct on Saturday the seventh race, the Woodward. I know this one isn't a Breeders' Cup win and you're in, but it the potentially was going to have some pretty serious ramifications for the Breeders' Cup Classic. We had Life is Good as the only real horse that anyone really, really was going to care about in this one. So let's talk about his performance. I was actually going to go to Paul first, but since he had disappeared like Houdini. Howard, why don't we go to you real quick? Paul's on- back. Oh, there's Paul. Paul, I was going to stick with you because you're the you're the New York fella. So what do you think of Life is Good's performance as a whole and also leading into the Breeders' Cup? Did it make you more positive or negative on his chances? Well, you know, on the surface, uh, pun intended due to the fact that the surface was very <laughs> off, um, you, you know, and he went down to a 97. You got to think that you know, this is not how you want to go into the classic, but I've given it some thought. And, you know, I read, wrote him very conservatively. We know that this horse, the way he runs best is to let his speed, use his speed and try to run them off their feet. My feeling, Pete, is this. First of all, it's going to take a monumental effort to beat flight line. We can agree on that. Yeah. I think life is good is certainly one of the candidates to do that. However, in order to do it, I would say he would have to be brilliant on November 5th. We could agree on that. Yep. I, I don't think the type of race you need to beat flight line, you can come in off a similar race. In other words, if this, and I know it's kind of count, might be counterintuitive, but, and I could be reaching at straws here, but <laughs> I think Pletcher is looking at this as, we, we have to be flight line on November 5th and we're going to operate in a manner to set us up best to do that. I think they intentionally, you know, he wasn't going to lose this race no matter what, even though law professor ran pretty well. Yeah. And I think they intentionally left a lot of gas in the tank. Now it could very well be that the tank's not big enough. Right. But well, Ross, that, that might be true, but, if you don't think he has a shot against flight line, it's not because of how he ran Saturday because he has back races that are much better than Saturday. You know, he had, he was coming every race other than his maiden. He was over a hundred buyer. So, you know, he, I don't think he got slow overnight. All right. I, yeah. I think it was a, it was a wet track and I read didn't let him go. And I think they ran in a way that they they want to have a shot at fight line. I agree. It's a long shot. Yeah. I think to think he has no shot against fight line is patently foolish. Okay. Because if flight line, if I asked you to make a list of horses who could be flight line, this horse is going to be in everyone's top two or three. Yeah. Doesn't mean or, he's going or, to do or it. Zero. Yeah. Or zero. <laughs> well, I'm just saying if you had to make a list of, yeah, you I said, know, I Pete, know. let's play pretend flight line's going to lose. Who's it going to be? If you if you had to pick two or three, I I, I don't know, maybe not. I I think if you think he has no shot against Fight Line, it's it's yeah. very short sighted. Actually, based on what Paul said, Howard, I'm going to go to you real quick. What do you think in terms of the odds now on, off this performance? Where do you think? Not necessarily what his number will be, but just will he be second choice, third choice, fourth choice? And then I can tell you what I'm seeing on sort of odds checker right now. What are your thoughts? By the way, Paul, I love your hat, and Kyle and I also love your hat. So on behalf of myself and Kyle, just publicly thank you for sending us the uh, PA Derby hats. We really That was very nice. We really appreciate it. Paul, I'm glad that you said what you said, and I had no idea you were going to say that. I had a very interesting conversation with a gentleman 
who's going to be uh, competing in the BCBC. I won't mention names. And we were talking, and I told him how I felt about the Classic as of this very moment. You guys should have been in this contest room on Saturday. The negative vibe with Life is Good was completely off the charts. And you know what, guys? I gave a thought to Paul. I think this is a perfect race for Flightline, or excuse me, for Life is Good, if you like Life is Good in the Classic. He just got a 97. I'll bring up the, I'll bring up the, uh, um, here it is. He got a 97, right? He's on his way down, right, Paul? That's the next month. The next month, all we're going to hear, life is good, can't get the distance. He's declining. His form is declining, blah, blah, blah. Plutcher said very well. I think he made one main point, Pete, and then I'll let Kyle talk here. Think about the tracks he's been on, okay? Dubai, very tiring track, and the pace was faster than they thought, okay? Then he goes to Saratoga, and Paul, you know better than anyone, that mile and eighth is very demanding service, and it was glib. It was glib. There you say I'm working on my – I'm a wordsmith, Paul. How's glib? It was, it was a glib Well, it was. It, it, it had rained the summer, day before. Right? It, well, then, it rained he, the day then, before. Then he goes to Aqueduct on a weird, cuppy, kind of slow surface. If Keelan is, can, can, can play fast, if Keelan is a fast surface, you know. You guys know. Life is good is gunning. He is not going to run the way he just ran Saturday. I like him a lot more, Pete, at a second or third choice, especially in the exact uh, as of right now. Kyle, I'll go to you. Actually, I'm going to read the odds to you, and then we're going to let you react to the odds. So right now we have flight line at four to six. Epicenter, six to one. Second choice, life is good. Third choice, seven to one. And Taba, fourth choice, 10 to one. And then from there on, everybody's 16 and up. What are your thoughts there? Would you consider life is good at that point, or would you be happy if he gets bet a little bit because you want to fade him? Well, I mean, let's just say I know a lot of people nod their heads here. I feel like that's exactly how I imagined it was going to be on the odds checker. Okay. Just kind of where, you know, people are thinking of that pace stool and people are thinking who's going to be that one horse. And a lot of people are turning to Epicenter. So Epicenter being a second choice is not, not surprising to me at all. And actually, I got after Flightline's uh, race, I got Life is Good at 11, 12 to 1. So if oh, he nice. does end up winning this race and running him off their feet, I eat Pete, I yellow in the Pegasus. It could be really good for not only me, but I'm sure a lot of other people that have a ticket like that. So the odds don't necessarily surprise me, but I understand why they make, you know, horses like Epicenter the second choice. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Actually, real quick for, for any baseball fans, I just got a, an alert that Aaron Judge finally hit his 62nd home run in right, case yeah. anyone cares. I'm a Yankee fan. There's some Yankee wow. stuff right there. So awesome for, for Aaron Judge. Finally, that was dragging out. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take that for for all the Yankee people on here. Um, I don't really want to, I don't have any other additional thoughts. I think that pretty much covers it. I think it's a wait and see though. We're going to see what the odds are. I'm sure that's going to drive where people land in this race, especially in the underneath position. I think a lot of people are going to be looking for which horse do I like in second. And that's the cold exacta. I'm going to bang underneath flight line. I I assume that's where a lot of people are going to go. I personally am leaning Taba a little bit right now, but we'll see when we get a little closer. Let's move on to the next one, the eighth race, Howard, at Aqueduct. The Miss Grillo, it's a Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf winning you're in. And, Howard, I'm actually going to go to you on this one because you liked Pleasant Passage, I think. So I know you had this one. You hit a nice pick four with this one leading off. So, first of all, I wanted to say I I thought he got a pretty – or I should say she got a pretty comfortable lead and then actually bumped free look a little bit coming into the turn. So I didn't know if you thought this was just more of a, a pace victory and a trip victory, or you think this horse actually has something going forward. Uh, I like her. I think she has something. Going. Now she got the best. Look at these. Fr- now the, 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 the turf was pretty wet. Okay. On Saturday. So this pace is not as slow as it appears. Plus she's got, you know, the two of the top choices getting real nice trips. I like the way she kicked on and fought. And you know what, Pete? She did the same exact thing in her debut. And we brought it up Thursday, or I brought it up Thursday with Jason Blewett. I mean, right here, I'm going to freeze it. I think most people think she's going to lose, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought she had a chance to win because I liked her. But considering she was 9-1, to one, I think most people thought, okay, it's the Clarevich and Chads. She fought, man. I mean, she fought hard. And she doesn't win by, like, a nose. I mean, she's she's pulling away here, guys. I mean, a, yeah. little, a little bit. I mean... It, I, this is very impressive to me. There, she, at no point does it look like she's slowing down here, guys, at all. 
again, she got the best of it trip-wise, yes. This gallop out is absolutely fine. I don't see any reason why you can't call her a threat right now in the in the Breeders' Cup juvenile Philly turf. Now, the Euros are going to have something to say about it. I have to look at some of the West Coast horses. I mean, I don't know. 65 to a 78 with the potential of running a, maybe a mid-80s bider at best. That's good enough to win the Breeders' Cup juvenile turf. I like her a lot. I, I'm a fan of this horse. Yeah, no, I agree. And actually, so right now she's sitting at third choice on the uh, on the odds checker at ten to one. And actually, you could still get in a free look is sixteen. And I think um, I think the the other horse, be your best, is also sixteen the, yeah. from from this race. Yeah, I thought free look was going to go by uh, Kyle. What'd you think of this one? Did you think watching it? Did you just think, oh man, this one's just getting a nice a nice comfortable trip with some slow fractions? I mean, and like Howard said, though, that I mean, that turf was yielding at very best. It looked like, you know, they weren't kicking up too much behind them, but it was definitely very wet. So I I love the way that that horse came down the stretch. I know Howard and I were watching it together. I mean, there's you, there's nothing you can really complain about. Yes, she got slow fractions, but the other like Howard said, the other two favorites are getting really good trips, one to adjust her uh, outside and one just behind her. So, yeah, she she went on, she kept the task and she, like Howard said, she pushed away towards the wire. It's a perfectly fine race for me. And definitely, like I said, how the euros are probably gonna have something to say about it, but with another easy lead, she could be dangerous on the stretch. Yep. Paul, real quick on the other two free look and, and be your best. Do you think for you, are those, are those tosses or anything? Or are they just sort of, Hey, this was a, this was a weird race with, with a wet turf and, you know, be your best was maybe a little bit too far back. Although I didn't like the fact that, that horse is just sort of sitting in that 74, 73. There's been no real improvement. What are your thoughts on those two coming out of this one? I, I think this race was completely won by Irad Ortiz Jr. Uh, this horse didn't figure to go to the lead. He just grabbed the race. He sent the horse. And even though the two was the favorite, Howard, I didn't. when I saw one, even on a slow turf, when I saw almost 115 for six furlongs, I didn't think this horse was getting passed at all because yeah. that's that's fairly slow even on a, on a, a turf with some giving it. So I I obviously I didn't have this horse and I I had the two as an A. So I wanted I wanted to hope that that the two was going by, but deep down I I didn't think so. But having said that, this horse doesn't get an easy lead in the juvenile Phillies turf. He got yeah. she got an easy lead in this race. She does not. She may get the lead, but but the other thing you have to know is Shug does not crank them up first time out. So this horse went fifteen to one first time up uh, at first time out at Saratoga and got up to win. So when a Shug horse wins first time out, uh, especially that doesn't take money, you got to figure the horse is pretty good. Well, and I think that was Howard's point on the show. Howard, you have something to, to add real quick before we before. Yeah, we well, I just on. wanted to say that. The horse I want out of this race, other than the obvious, is Be Your Best, the six, who finished third. Because that horse didn't break great. I I think most people thought that horse would be on the lead. I want no part of free look in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. I don't care if it's a Chad and Clarevich. There's no excuses for that horse not to go by Pleasant Passage. That's the horse I'm completely against. Be Your Best, I would not. I would be interested in, depending on the price and the post and blah, blah, blah. I like her. Um, but again, they're not improving buyers-wise, like you mentioned. Yeah. That's not a good thing early in their career. Yep. I agree. All right, let's move on to the next one. This one real quick. We can, we can hit actually, I'm going to go to Kyle quick. Cause this is his division here. The ninth, the Belmont turf sprint dancing buck. I wanted to bring this one up, even though it's not a breeders cup winning you're in one Oh three buyer monster performance. And the owner said from what I read, I don't know if anything new has come out that they were thinking of supplementing this horse to the breeders cup turf sprint. So Kyle, real quick, this is this is the Smoke and Jay division. Let's mm -hmm. let's let's get into it. What do you think about Dancing Buck's chances? So I mean, in this race alone, I know Howard and I both really like Dancing Buck. It's just I, I really was against Thin White Duke in this race. I really thought that he just got a really nice trip last time out. Was able to tip out the top and go by everybody. Dancing Buck was kind of that horse that was subject to the pay stool, and this one he she or God damn it, I keep doing it. He. <laughs> he, he got the perfect trip in this race and just destroyed everybody in this field. There was nowhere really even close. Arzak kind of disappointing from him. I mean, granted his last race kind of went down a little bit too, 
I, I don't yeah, know. I was against and, that horse. I, I feel like that one is, is good on the turf, but just seems like if you put him on the synthetic is when he pops his best races and then he runs nice ones on the turf. But, you know, I like that he took money, even though I, I actually, I, this is one of the races that I had in the, in the sequence. So I was okay with dancing bucks. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, I, no, I mean, you're, I mean, your, your point is completely taken. Cause he ran, I mean, he ran exactly like you just said. I mean, I don't I mean I don't think Dancing Buck really has a chance in the turf sprint if I'm gonna be honest. I mean you got I'm assuming horses like Casa Creed are gonna be right there in that and if Dancing Buck contributes to that pace scenario, I don't see any reason why Casa Creed wouldn't take advantage of that. I.e. in the Jiper is a very good example. Yeah, Casa Creed needs Casa Creed needs more distance than the Breeders' Cup. Well is we it, got I mean we have Golden Pal going this weekend, well, I yeah. think, correct? So so we could see Golden Pal, Highfield Princess from overseas. So we'll see, though, if there's some speed, because there are some closers. Like you said, Casa Green, we got Matt Miller's one-timer, is, uh, <laughs> is still third choice as of right now. Go ahead. Not Alan. going, Pete. Not oh, going not going? Oh, that's no. okay. Okay. I think I did read that. Apologies. Yeah. One but there's still, I think that's a, I think that's a, it's a fun, I think that's going to be a fun race unless Golden Pal just, freaks on the front like he winds up doing sometimes especially like he did it before in yeah keeneland. yeah so especially at keeneland so we'll we'll see how that goes howard paul you have anything to add to this or we just move on to the next one i mean we can move no, on. i just yeah i'm oh, sorry i don't have much yeah i, I was gonna, gonna say, say I, I use the 10 and two as a's and oh nice that, that's all yeah i love dancing buck saturday absolutely zero chance of the breeders cup to win here we go now bet him right yeah, um, no. the best he could do is third or fourth in Breeders' Cup. Very nice horse in great form. Got the best of it Saturday. Move on. But hey, we all know that hitting, getting the underneaths in the Breeders' Cup are a big deal. If you could pick the ones that yeah. run underneath, especially at a price, that's a little bit different than we do on maybe a normal, like a normal stakes day where the fields are shorter, the odds are a little lower. So let's move real quick to the 10th. And Howard, I'm going to start with you here again, because this was one of your horses real quick. The Champagne, Blazing Stevens, 91 buyer. This is a Breeders' Cup juvenile winning your in race. So I, my, and, and Howard, I'm just going to say, because, you know, I was a little bitter on, on text the other day about this race. But my thought really was I like this horse on a fast track. On a, on a sloppy track. But then when I went back and looked, and I, I don't mean to steal your thunder here, when I went back and looked at it again, this was a race with all speed in it. And Blazing Sevens was the only one off the pace who had any sort of off the pace abilities. So looking at it that way, which I think was your point, it made perfect sense. And it was just a screw up on my part, I think. Is that sort of where you went with this one? Well, I mean, if you want to admit you screwed up, I'm okay with that. Uh, no, I mean, you know, you know, even, um, even the listen, greats mess up. As I told you, the sun shines <laughs> on a dog's ass every once in a while. Can I toot my own horn for a second? No, um, you never do that on this show. Pleasant so, yeah, passage. Talked about the show, right? Blazing Seven's top choice. Last uh, last race, Captain's Daughter. Only one on the show to mention that horse, but uh, three to one. Crushed the pick four. I hope everyone at home watched the uh, race, uh, watched our podcast on Thursday. And by the way, the pick four, pick five price we got to talk about because Kyle and I talked about for half an hour. It was, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have been aware of what I'm talking about. Anyway, real quick. I got lucky with Blazing Sevens. It, it, it worked out perfectly. A lot of speed in the race you see on the screen there. Best final quarter by far in 24.7 you know, in a complete sloppy, gooey mess. Well, you know, uh, Pratt's going to Pratt's gonna sit him off perfect, too, most yeah. likely. Yeah. Uh, got a better buyer than I thought, too. I sort of buried the lead there. Did you guys see? I, I was surprised. 91, 91 buyer. 91, yeah. I mean, but, I, but what you think, though, if you throw out the 69, because maybe I don't know what the surface difference was in terms of the off track, but – that 85 to 91 is a really natural progression. I like yeah. that. I love well, that. Every, that jumps look, him to the top or near the top. I think I think this race, and then I'll let every, anyone else talk, is a perfect example. And I've learned the hard lesson, too. Not every tr- sloppy track is the same. Yeah. And, and you guys know this very well. It, you know, it could be sloppy. It could be harrowed. It could be it could be tighter. You know, I mean, I saw a slop that 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 used to phase me because we lost by what twelve last time against uh, yeah you know in, in the in the um, hopeful every sloppy track is different plus the pace scenario was going to work well plus I didn't like the favorite so I got lucky it worked out great I think he's a factor in the Breeders Cup Juvenile um, I got a feeling that certain horse on the West Coast for Mister Baffert Cave Rock might be a serious horse plus some others but I like Blazing Sevens by good magic should be able to get two turns. Uh, well, I like him. 
And, and Paul, I'll go to you quick. We're going to see a couple. I think this Forte and Cave Rock this weekend. I know Cave Rock, right? I think it's Forte this weekend, right, as well? So right now in the Keeneland, odds, Cave, yeah. at Keeneland, right? So Cave Rock is two, Forte is four, and Blazing Sevens now is third choice at eight. Paul, what do you think of Blazing Sevens? Well, Pete, you know, and, and you, know, you know who else, Pete, wasn't thrilled yeah. that there was a sloppy track on Saturday and was kicking himself for not running this horse at Keeneland this weekend? Uh, Mr. Chad Brown. So this horse, he was going to run in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland this Saturday. Uh, he, he trained very well in New York, and he entered him last week, and he was really torn. But he opted, because the horse had worked well, he stayed in that race. When the rain came at the end of the week, and he said this after the race, he was kicking himself <laughs> for not waiting for Keeneland. So sometimes they don't know either. <laughs> yeah, well, I so, mean, not every and, and right, not everybody's perfect, right? <laughs> so, yeah. it, it but all... you know, I think the trainers though they will always take the extra week going yeah. into the real big race if they can. You know, or, or in the case of Clement with Gufo, you know, the extra three weeks he's supposed to run tomorrow. You know, I think that was one of the reasons he ran him in that race at Kentucky Downs. The fact that the purse was double might have helped as well, but. Yeah, I mean, the race did set up for this horse uh, at the top of the stretch. He looked like a stone-cold winner. I, I yeah. didn't have him. Uh, I didn't like verifying. He ran second. I liked Andiamo Forense. He ran as well as he could, just not good enough. So yeah. uh, Gulfport is going to be a bridesmaid, apparently. A lot of people are on Gulfport. I use Gulfport as an A. Uh, you know, again, didn't run, you know, horrifically, but uh, well, I think I think appear. Howard I think Howard summed Gulfport up. I think he talked about him hanging, and that's one thing he didn't like about him last week. And I think he sort of showed that again. He just doesn't seem to have something late when against these these better fields. So sorry, Paul. I didn't know if that's where you were going, but yeah, no, he you know he he ran that way at Saratoga. You know, yeah, he, he was hopeful. I'm interested to see in Forte. Um, you know, now Blazing Sevens came out of that hopeful and just ran very well. Gulfport came out and didn't run well i did not i was not looking at the hopeful as a key so i guess we'll we'll see what we'll see uh, now. Fort, yeah. we'll forte see. will break the tie on saturday and verifying who was the who was the the second choice who you know didn't improve much actually look you know got the lead you know had a shot and you know cleared actually ran a decent race cleared had blinkers on. I, my thought was, and I don't know enough. I was wondering if with blinkers, maybe being on the inside, didn't notice blazing sevens and didn't really engage or could have maybe, maybe made it a little bit closer. Kyle, you have any thoughts on this race, but, or we'll move on. What do you think? I mean, it's kind of the thing where, I mean, verifying was way down on the rail and Howard and I were looking at the rail on Saturday at, at Aqueduct and it was just like a big pool down there. Like there, yeah. the track wasn't, I don't know if the track, I mean, it's not, it wasn't sealed. So I don't know if it was just pooling down there. So, I mean, it could have been a take case of that as well, but I just think blazing seven's got the benefit of the pace structure and yeah. took advantage of it wholeheartedly. He's definitely a nice horse. I agree. All right, let's move on quick. We'll go to Santa Anita on Saturday, the ninth race, the awesome again, another breeders cup winning. You're in one by defunded. Now I don't think we have to, spend too much time. Paul, I'll go to you first, but I did read, and I don't know if this is, there's nothing definitive yet, but I read that the funded and country grammar were leaning against going to the classic. I don't know if anybody's heard anything since, but that was the, the, the article I read from, from Baffert. I don't know, Paul, if you have any thoughts on the race or any, if you have any more information on whether they're going or not. Well, I mean, neither one of them is going to win the classic. No, 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 their no. decision. Uh, you know, defunded, you know, hey, good for good for Pegram, good for Baffert. You know, coming off a seven for a long race, going wire to wire, mile and an eighth, um, you know, hooked up with the Royal Ship and that group two races back, uh, absolutely folded up shop. And, you know, this was, as it turns out, this is a pretty weak grade one yeah. race. And I would be looking – I would to to quote Jonathan Kitchen. I would be cutting people in line to bet against horses coming out of this race. 
Yeah, Kyle, I know we talked about one thing. So again, we're, we're looking at it now on the screen and, and defunded sort of just had his way. He was being chased by Slowdown Andy, who had just won on the turf prior. So, you know, not necessarily stiff competition coming at him and defunded had some pretty good fractions. And Kyle, we talked last week a little bit about maybe country grammar. Just when he's come back this year, his last few races, he's just been sort of in that, you know, 199 buyer range where maybe he just hasn't taken a step up and it sort of showed, he just doesn't seem to have the late kick that he maybe showed earlier. I mean, and that's, I mean, that that's very viable with, you know, when you look by to look back at the Dubai world cup, I mean, you know, not many horses can get a hundred buyer losing by almost 20 lengths. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's just, he just didn't seem, I mean, granted he didn't get to get out towards the front. I mean, defunded kind of, he did put up good fractions, but that's a really fast and I need track. So I don't know how well, how much you can look into that as well. So I think uh, defunded was just another really good uh, benefit of the pay structure, but uh, country gamer, I mean, he's just kind of hanging around that hundred buyer, definitely not enough to win the classics. So if he doesn't go, I wonder what's going to happen with, you know, if he continues on or they're just going to kind of put him up depends because he's five now so yeah yeah no i agree yes but i think though howard i don't know if you have anything else but for me this is sort of a what turn what's supposed to be maybe a decent race in terms of the classic at least some sort of springboard for potential country grammar maybe or some other horse now it looks like a little bit of a dud so i don't i had a very interesting conversation with uh marshall graham on saturday and i said marshall is it true or do you believe of course he's the uh involved with 10 strike racing very high he's a magic partner for people don't know his background i said marshall do you believe that it's true that horses can get mentally discouraged when they're just blown out in previous races do they lose their edge do they lose their fight he said absolutely guys if you believe in that this is case number one right i mean flight line just destroyed many of these and maybe some of these guys lost their heart a little bit um country grammar I don't think it's been the same since coming back from Dubai. And I, that's been a myth that's been dismissed many times. So please don't put in the chat. That always happens. That does not always happen. I mean, you can put whatever you want in the chat, but it's not true <laughs> for this horse though. It might be true. Um, it just hasn't progressed and he needs a rest. Yeah, it's um, gone back defunded, yeah. I would point outside with a good spot for defunded would be the Clark at Churchill. That's where I would go with him personally. No, I could see that for sure. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything else. Express train. I was on express train. I, I, don't, I don't remember if Paul was as well, but um, yeah, I was. He, he was. He's, go, he's going the wrong way. And if you actually look at his last couple, I think he might be done. And either I don't know if they're planning on running him back, but he looks like he might need a break because he's just his last two races were pretty bad. And I know the one was against Flightline, but he didn't, he didn't fire for a second at all. Howard, I great to- royal ship pick. He ran a seventy. Nice yeah, he, yeah, that was lovely. I, I, I yeah, liked him too. Out, that, those were part of an it's excellent awful. day of picks by me. Well, hey, you had Tripoli and, and and Royal Ship, Howard. You mentioned both of those, and they ran next to each other. You just don't get paid for what sixth and seventh or whatever that yeah. was. Nah, unfortunately, I mean, <laughs> I, real quick, I, I have to mention this, guys. I don't know if yeah. you saw this. Back, back to Aquabook. The pick four paid twelve hundred, which yours truly was fortunate to have. I told everyone, don't play the pick five Thursday because why would you want if life is good? Do you guys know what the pick five paid? At twenty nine hundred, it's always better. Paul, to play the how, how the f is that possible? Howard, if you so do the parlay, if you at, do the parlay, that means life is good was about four to five in the pick five. Did everyone just try to beat life is good in the first leg? I mean, I I, I threw away eighteen hundred dollars, Paul. How stupid am I? Are you kidding? Very, very. Well, I can't call you stupid because I wasn't even four. It was actually quite an exhilarating day for me because four to five aggravates me, but two to five, two to two for five or three for five. I just, who cares? But how um, did it pay twenty nine hundred? Makes no how, sense. Do you know how many days? All. You know how many days? Go back and look at. If you go back and look at pick four and pick five payoffs, and then look at the first leg. Now, this I would grant you is an extreme example because this was an absolute first leg. But even if it's not a cinch in the first leg, right? Even if the first leg was five to two, right? That would still be, uh, that's still a huge difference from 1,200 or whatever it was to 2,900. The, the, that's a good point. The takeout is less in the pick five, by the way. The Naira late pick five is 15, I believe. And I think the pick four is 25, right? Howard, you got something? I, 
I don't want to. We this is a whole other discussion that, that that would not have that much of an effect on on the price. I, I don't want to. But the pick it's five a math, is a, math, is a better It's idea. a math issue. I don't really want to get into it right now, guys. But it, it's completely nonsensical unless you think a lot of people were trying to beat life is good in the pick five, which is the only thing I could come up with. All right. Well, anyway, let's let's I'll let's, move, let's move on quick. And and so then the next Breeders' Cup winning your in race, we're going to go to Churchill on Saturday. The ninth race, the grade three ACAC, Senior Buscador wins 98 buyer, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile winning your in. I don't really want to talk about this one too much unless somebody has a, a really prevalent point. I don't think this horse is going to do much. You know, 98 buyer. Um, Kyle, you have any thoughts on this one? Any Anything pop out or is this sort of a, hey, happy for him that he won this race? Breeders' Cup winning your in. Hopefully he goes and then just he'll run off the board most likely. Yeah, I mean, but the thing, uh, I think Matthew Tremura brought it up. Yes. I mean, it's just another horse that was beat by Flightline, and now he's not even, he's not close to the same horse again. Speaker's, Speaker's Corner. Speaker's Corner, yep. Is, I, and I don't, what, he went from a really nice horse. His last two efforts have just been just non-existent, basically. Especially I mean, you remember, America. you remember on our show, the big A, Anthony yeah. Stabile was picking Speaker's Corner to beat Flightline that day. And now, uh, so, hey, I, I was on. He, he, he was. He was not the only. He was not the only one, guys. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. I was on but the now, a train. that that horse is has definitely taken a wrong turn, and I, I don't know what his next steps would be. He seems like he's one that needs to probably shut it down. At least take a break, because yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, at least for the year, or at least for a couple months, or yeah, to get his he head just, right, or run in like five thousand claimers so he can win. Again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, claim that horse for five k. But um, <laughs> it just yeah, he just played was on the inside. Granted, again, not a very nice trip to be in with that type of speed on the inside, um, but just folded completely. Senior Buscador just got a really nice trip, came over the top of everybody. I know. Um, there's a lot of people in the contest room that were really high on Senor Buscador Howard that I'm sure we can talk about. But you know, um, someone who liked him that was pretty close to, I believe. Yeah, I do. But it's like, um, but just a nice, yeah. I know, I know you, but the, everyone else in that room, it seemed like, was also. Well, on Senor yeah, Buscador. that's why he dropped from twelve to one to six to one. Yeah, after was, the race, of course, Pete. And it's Paul, your right? big anyway, win bets. I got a whole other story. <laughs> They but, do. Uh, they I do. wonder. Uh, I wonder if, assuming they're going to shut Speaker's Corner down, which they should, the way he's running, I wonder if that would mean that Cody's Wish has a better chance of going in the Dirt Mile than the Sprint, because they are kind of in between with Cody's Wish, and that's another Godolphin horse that they may not have wanted to run uh, against each other. So, and the one turn for Cody's Wish would be preferable. Actually, this is a this is a weird dirt mile year. There's a lot of horses that that seem to be on the fence between the mile, the sprint, and even the the classic in some way. So I, I think the mile is going to be more. We need to see what the field is. It's hard to project that one that one for once. Usually we have at least an idea. I mean, we know most likely. Well, actually, we don't know. Like Jack Christopher is the favorite. We don't know if Jack Christopher is going to go in the mile or the sprint at this point. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird race. It may be a little light. Maybe we get a couple of those three-year-olds that go to it. Howard, I just wanted to check with you on time. I know we're getting late, so I know we need to sign off. We want a couple more races. I don't know if you want to hit a couple more. It's really up to you. We have Jim Goodwin on another, you know, we we have to talk about Sonny. We got eight minutes and we got to shut it down and then we got to start. Two minutes elbowing. Well, let's hit, let's hit, let's hit what, uh, what Paul's talking about. The the 10th race, the grade two Lucas classic, not a breeder's cup winning you're in, but it was won by hot rod. Charlie, who obviously will be going to the classic one-on-one buyer, as you can see on the screen there, rich strike looked like he was going by hot rod. Charlie re rallies. Then you wind up seeing that, that, that Sonny Leone said his saddle came loose and that's why he fell to the left most people he got a 15 day suspension so most people think that he is doing he was doing something a little more nefarious than that paul you seem to be excited about this one what do you think well it's just too bad you know you know the 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 feel good story is starting to feel not quite so good i don't know if you saw the news tonight but now there are pictures online that supposedly hot rod charlie may have had toe grabs on his front shoes which are illegal illegal and and Eric Reed, uh, Eric Reed uh, sent the video or the photo to the commission, 
which I think is a real Mickey Mouse move. Let someone else do it if, if the pictures are on the internet. So, you know, I, I don't want to be a killjoy here, but the feel-good story of the 2022 Kentucky Derby is starting to feel not quite so good. Because no, Leon, I'm yeah. going to go with Rich Migliori, who I think has as much integrity as anyone in the game. He doesn't have an agenda. As he put, as he said on Steve Bick's show, anyone who wants to think he's picking on poor Sonny Leone, he has been very outspoken about IRAD and, and IRAD's herding tendencies. And IRAD's the top jockey, one of the top in the country. So Richard calls it like he sees it. He's not a negative guy. I, I mean, he made it cost the horse the race. You know, we thought that horse looked like he was a winner. He was by him. You know, I don't know if he just thought he was at Belterra Park on a Wednesday and that's what they do there. I don't know if he had watched the race from France and he felt that he was in kinship with Christophe Soumillon from Friday, <laughs> who he couldn't knock Tyler. Soumillon, to his credit, was able to knock the other guy off the horse. Leon couldn't get Gaff Leon off of Hut Rod Charlie. But, you know, Mickey Mouse move. I don't want to say it's a Mickey Mouse operation because Leon rode a great race in the Derby. I just think it's a reason why you have to put all sorts of asterisks next to a 20-horse race for three-year-olds who have never run that far before, most of whom will never run that far again. And as well as Leon, as well as he rode, no one saw him coming. Tyler Gaffleon saw him coming Saturday. He went by Hot Rod, and Hot Rod came back and got him. Rich Strike, is he a one-hit wonder? No. He, he ran pretty well in the Travers, and he ran very well Saturday. But – that's a real hush hit move by Sonny Leone. And he got two weeks. I think he got off easy. Yeah, 15. So, Howard, anything on this? I think it is slightly hypocritical to not give Irad anything from the Remsen last year when he, and I actually need him that day when they didn't do anything. And then they, then they do this with Sonny Leone, who deserved the 15 days. But Irad should have gotten more last year. Anyway, all I want to say, guys, here's what I want to focus on these are just two cool horses. That's all I care about. Hot Rod Charlie, cool horse, always runs his race. Rich Strike, better than people thought. Give the give the damn horse and the trainer credit. I don't want to get into the jockey thing. Two cool horses who have no chance in the Breeders' Cup, but will win a lot of money for their connections. Done. I mean, I think you know, Hot Rod always gets third or fourth. So if you're playing a super, he might he might kick in for that. And Rich Strike, the way he's running again, you know, sometimes a horse tries to win a race and they phase. Somebody tries to tussle with flight line, gets buried, and you get one of these other horses coming from the back to to close out a try. Kyle, any thoughts on not necessarily? We don't have to get into the Sunny Leone stuff. Any thoughts on Hot Rod Charlie or Rich Strike before we go, or do you think that's about sums it up? I think it sums it up perfectly fine. And like I said, Howard Charlie always runs his race. He's always willing to give everything he's got. And Rich Strike, like you said, I mean, he, people, he's a lot better than people thought. He ran a really nice race there and just got not a hang, got beat. I, I don't know what you want to say, but just a really nice race by Hot Rod Charlie and Tyler Gaffleon. No, I agree. So real quick, I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about these. I just wanted to mention them. There were three other Breeders' Cup winning your ins in the U.S., Aqueduct, the eighth, the grade one Frisette, Chocolate Gelato, who looks like a really nice horse, 83 buyer, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winning your in. That was a nice race. The ninth race, the grade two Pilgrim, Major Dude won, 76 buyer, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf winning your in. And then on Sunday, the fifth race, Speakeasy Stakes, a listed stakes, Speedboat Beach from Bafford, who had broke the track record with a 100-plus buyer on the dirt, at I think five or five and a half, I think in his debut switches to the turf 75 buyer. Wasn't nearly as impressive. Sounds like he's going to the turf though. Breeders cup, juvenile turf sprint winning you're in any quick thoughts by anyone on any of those three, very quick Howard, Kyle, actually Kyle, we'll start with you. Any thoughts on any of those real quick? I mean, speedboat beach. I mean, like I said, that was, I thought it was an interesting decision, but I mean, it's it's interesting that they're going to go to the turf instead of the dirt, but I mean, if he can beat horses out there, I mean, Juve, I mean, obviously Euros are going to have a say about that with the two year old division on the turf, but um, it's definitely a pace scenario uh, help for sure. Yeah, I agree. Howard, Paul, Howard, you got anything on any of those? Uh, Gel- Chalk Gelato is going to be a factor. Um, That's I, a nice the, horse. The turf, the turf nail will most likely not. Um, I don't have anything to add. We, we have like literally three minutes. Yeah. And actually chocolate, chocolate gelato, seven to we, one second choice. So obviously is going to be a, be a factor. We also have a quick announcement. We got to make Pete real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Why don't you do that now? Uh, real I, quick. I, I, I want to thank a big announcement for everyone. 
uh, on the podcast. We want to really appreciate all the support we've gotten. I want to officially announce that Hawthorne Racecourse and Stable Duel, our new official sponsors of the HHH Racing Podcast, will be talking about Hawthorne and Stable Duel quite a bit going forward, starting in literally about 10 minutes with our show with Jim Goodman. We're going to mention Stable Duel because they cover Keeneland like a glove with their contest. So that's it. I just want to mention that. Really excited to have both of them as part of our uh, podcast. Thanks. Awesome. And, Bre- and, and Bremont, will, Bremont will be replacing Howard, but we didn't want to talk. That's breaking news. That's <laughs> We don't want to release uh, We weren't supposed to release we, yeah, that. We, we, we were going to save that till after the next. We, we needed him to do the next show. And now we, we're going to announce it after that. But, you know. Sorry, poor, Howie. Poor Jim Goodman is not going to have. He's not going to have a host now with him. Real, real quick. Now you made I him cry. That. Look at that. Real, real quick before we go, I'm going to sign off here. The Arc de Triomphe, Alpinista, awesome horse. Oh, good hasn't, story, hasn't, 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 hasn't lost since 2020. Won the, Breed, the Breeders' Cup turf winning you're in. Doesn't sound like she's coming. Not but coming. Some of the some of the horses behind her may come. So we'll talk more about the the Euros and the overseas horses Same in the breed. weeks to come leading up to the Breeders' Cup. So I know normally we do a little sign-off, but since we have to go, again, anyone who's on right now, 9 o'clock, 8 minutes from now, Howard, Paul, are you going to be on or is it just Howard? Are you joining too as well? If I'm welcome. Well, not after that last comment, apparently, but right. so, so hey, join it, Howard. It's on, ahead, Howard. it's on a different link, everyone. So right when we sign off, you do have to go to uh, the, the YouTube page to uh, yeah, look for episode show. 186. Yeah. I assume it's listed under. So under the on our HHH racing podcast, YouTube yeah. channel, check that out. So for that, so we can get over to that and we don't, you know, Howard can go to the bathroom before that happens <laughs> for myself, Pete Visco, my co-host, Howard. Like a glove, Kravitz, Kyle, lost by a nose, Roscoe, and Paul, I hate Rich Strike, Halloran. My name is Pete Visco, signing off for the HHH Rod Podcast, episode 185. Thanks, everybody. See ya.